Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. Now, it has been another turbulent week for Dundalk, and while last night, or Friday night's rather, 1-0 win against Waterford eased their relegation fears, much of Vinnie Perth's post-game interview focused on his own future and the takeover talks going on behind the scenes. Let's remind ourselves of some of what the Dundalk head coach had to say after the game. Supporters tonight, you mentioned them earlier on, were absolutely brilliant. We're above them in the gantry, and they were, you know, all night non-stop. Um, they made their... Feelings, I think, known on a certain few issues around the takeover talk that's going on at the moment. I think a lot of the Dundalk support are very keen to see a local interest stay in it. What's your feelings on that? Yeah, look, um, I have spoken to to people on the board and I've pleaded with them within reason to make sure that the the local interest, that the people with the right heart and the right beliefs are are involved with this club, Um, you know, there's no doubt there's been offers for the club, but there's nothing certain in life. There's not there's no certainty that uh, the club will be sold. But I do think we need the localness back in our club. Um, this is an amazing club. It's built on the community. You know whether it's whether it's um, the work that Liam Bournes has been doing for many years, Martin Connolly before that in terms of the link up with the community, Eilish Kelly. I mean, pe- people forget, but we've visited so many schools, so many um, centres of, of people that have. have you know, uh, needed some help off us, and and we are connected to the club. And we've probably lost that a little bit. To be fair to some people, that's because of COVID. But um, um, I'd like to think that um, there is a very minimum uh, a local element to the club going forward. I think that's really important. Yeah, have any Perth speaking to Adrian Taff after Friday night's one nil win against Waterford to discuss that interview and hopefully shed some light on what exactly is going on in relation to the possible sale of the club by Peak Six. I'm joined by James Rogers of the Argus. James, thanks for joining us. No problem at all, David. Any Perth's line there that he's pleaded with the board to um, to maybe sell to a local investor. Um, we'll get into the, the, the different options that are on the table in terms of a possible sale of the club, but that would, to me, seem a little bit fanciful. If I'm, if I'm the owner of Dundalk, I'm going to sell to the person that gives me the best offer. I'm not really going to be too concerned uh, within reason, as I suppose Vinny said, with uh, whether they're local or not. Do you think that, that they would be likely to listen to him if he made that plea to them? Um, I'm sure they'll listen, but whether they act on it, I suppose, remains to be seen. Um, like You're right, I, I think, for many reasons... Um, one of which is that uh, I suppose Andy Conley, who was part of the regime prior to Peak Six coming in, and and the success, the the early success that was enjoyed under Stephen Kenny, he's obviously part of one of these consortiums, um, and he's in with the the guys from Statsports, who are obviously well known in local circles from I think both 
Sean uh, O'Connor and Alan Clark had both been involved with various local clubs and stuff over the years. So they're, they're guys people know, they're in the area. And I think, look, ultimately any club um, worldwide, be it the Man United, Liverpool to the world, I think the, you know the ideal is to have a local owner um, and keep that sort of interest in the area. As you say, though, um, this isn't uh, probably like a, a general election where you get to cast your vote at the ballot and, and, and say, well, I'd prefer this. Uh, you're probably quite right that ultimately money can and may talk in this case. Um, the other consortium that have an interest have a an offer on the table. Um, it's understood to be a six-figure sum. So um, it's, I suppose, Vinny's plea while... I think it echoes a lot of what the fans are saying right now. Um, ultimately, you're talking about investors who I think one way or another are going to lose a bit of money on this investment that they've had in the dock. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of whether they, they want to, I suppose, hand it back to people they, they effectively maybe bought it off a few years ago or they want to recoup some of those losses. And that you know that remains to be seen. Mm. So, just for people that maybe haven't been following this story, is it is it just two two separate consortiums that are involved here? The local one, and then there's a there's a, a consortium that I believe is, has has some involvement with Glentoran. Are they the two main parties here? It seems to be there was there was separate interest from a Dublin-based businessman. I I believe that has sort of subsided in in recent weeks. Um, so it does now look like it's this. Uh, I think they're being referred to as the Northern Irish Consortium because you're you're quite right. They do have an interest in Glentoran. And obviously the the local one, which is the you know the, the guys from Stat Sports, effectively, and Andy Connolly, who was I suppose co-owner with Paul Brown um, from pretty much 2013 till the end of 2017. So um, yeah, that's the options on the table right now. Realistically, uh, I, as I say, there is an offer in. I'm, I'm led to believe from the Northern Irish Consortium, and uh, I think talks will continue with the local one. I think the uh, whether they do or not, but I think Peak Six are trying to uh, get them to up their bid uh, over the weekend. Now, whether they do or not remains to be seen, but it's a kind of st- still a bit of a watch this space sort of situation. When you said there earlier on, you you believe that the bid that's on the table is a six figure sum. Do you have any idea roughly what what that is? Because obviously, a six figure sum could be could be there could be quite a gap between one and another. Yeah, I I I'll be honest, I don't. Um, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. It 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 can it can vary massively, mm. um, but. Needless to say, it's it's what like it, the moral dilemma here is that like as I say, from a fan's perspective, and probably you know uh, even a lot of like League of Ireland fans, you you'd love to see it go back to local ownership, but it's probably a case of like if I was selling you my house, I'm I'm probably going to go to the the highest bidder, you know, whether mm-hmm. I have a relationship with you or not. So, I mean, that's the the situation we're in. Um, like ultimately, if it was a local person selling, they might look to do the right thing, but you know, Peak Six probably never have to come to Dundalk again, probably never have to come to Ireland again. Mm. So that would be the fear in terms of those backing the, the local bid that, you know, ultimately money money may talk. You mentioned earlier on that, that you know, they're they're looking at making a loss here. I, I was quite surprised to hear that because, you know, you look at the money that Dundalk would have pulled in from the European football in the last couple of years. Um, now, obviously, there's been outgoings on transfers and they've a massive wage bill, as we know. But are Peak Six walking away taking a, a big hit here, do you know, or is it kind of hard to say? Well, judging by the last accounts, and I suppose there's been a, a lot of water under the bridge since then, there was, I mean, ballpark, um, I don't have them in front of me here, but there was ballpark still $3 million in the bank, but uh, there was roughly the same amount 
owed the pick six for various reasons. Now they have put some money into the into the club in terms of the going back to the when the YDC was done up and and that's the player facility where their gym is and uh, various other facilities in there. Um, they've obviously uh, spent a lot since then. You know, I mean. The, the season is just coming to an end, but it's only, I mean, Friday night against Waterford was the first time there's been a full crowd in Oriel Park um, because of COVID restrictions. So uh, when you factor that in, when you factor the, the wages, like it, I think it's on record that they've had the highest wage bill in the league this year. Um, they've obviously got no European money coming in next year, and that's probably for the future owners, but that accommodation bills... Um, transfer fees paid things like that in between it's you know it's probably easy to work out they're going to run a bit of a loss this year so when you factor all those things in so that's that, that's the theory why there, there's going to be a loss again Is there one maybe silver line in here well I suppose the Dock fans would say that the, the, the big positive is Peak 6 are going to be gone now it remains to be seen who the, the new owners will be if they do indeed sell up Peak 6 but I guess that the, maybe one slight positive here is that we're we're getting towards the end of the season. If this if this deal is done in the next couple of weeks, it means that the new owners can come in and they can maybe try and salvage what's there in terms of the playing squad and sort out a few issues with the management. Versus, let's say, if Peak Six decided next February or March that they wanted to sell up, that could leave things in an awful state of turmoil. It's going to be a, a pretty um, you know tumultuous period coming up for Dundalk anyway, given the state of the squad and the lack of contracts that have been signed. And Vinnie Perth, I kind of depending on what way you look at it, the other night kind of hinted that he was going to be going soon as well. So there's an awful lot of go of stuff going on here, off the field, on the field, and you know from from you for you as a as a, a diehard Dundalk supporter, and for all the Dundalk supporters out there, the next few weeks are going to be really really crucial in terms of how quickly this sale can go through, and how quickly the new owners can come in and try and sort things out and put something together so that next season isn't a complete washout as well yeah look time is very much of the the essence here and not just on the sporting level I think on a, on a human level as well I mean you've a lot of people you know obviously Vinnie Perth's one of them but a lot of players as well they're, they're out of contract to, you know basically in three weeks time and um, you know even them being able to sort their future because you know I think Vinnie said it himself recently enough you know Santi's coming one way or the other in you know a couple of months time so you know I think that needs to be given clarity I think even for off the field staff you know it, it must be a worrying time for them and you know thoughts obviously with them as well because you you don't know what the, the future holds for them and I think just you know but but on a come back to the sporting element you know you want to tie players down obviously Michael Duffy and Patrick McElhenney have already signalled their intentions they're going back to Derry next year I think the more players of that ilk that you sort of lose it, it becomes harder to be competitive next year um, obviously we don't know uh, the intentions of, of either party in terms of what the budget's going to be what the aim is in terms of whether it's you know we want to win the league back we want to qualify for Europe we want to you know just stay up you know it's not obviously that those uh, minor things aren't known right now but either way you, you need to start assembling the squad and I think it's fair to say that the Dock are probably behind everyone at the moment because uh, as I say you know Michael Duffy and Patrick McElhenney are done to Derry but it's you know it's not uh any real surprise that other clubs have done deals as well with not just on dog players but they've already earmarked other players for next year and uh, you know the dog are behind in that process in terms of you know bringing talent in because I think you know even if you signed every player you currently have I think you, you do need to add players as well so um, you know doing that and and even as you say the, the, the situation over the manager because I don't think too many players will sign for a club if they don't know who the manager is and also if there's no manager there who's identifying who the new signings are 
Well, exactly. And I mean, you know, you know, if a new owner comes in, does Jim Magilton leave the club as well? Do they bring in a new structure and their own people? Like, there's there's so many sort of hypotheticals out there at the moment that we won't be able to answer. Uh, the, we won't be able to answer those questions for a few weeks. But the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about, if we assume now that the Peak Six era is coming to an end at Dundalk, and we all remember the kind of the, the press conference they held when they took over the club and they tried to kind of calm fears that they were just going to be in it for a quick, quick buck and a quick turnaround. I don't know if there was a moment where you know you were all if you were very kind of skeptical about this from the outset, but I guess the likes of the, the no no investment in the ground in the facilities, and I know there were issues around ownership and everything else, but was that kind of a, a red flag for you? The longer that went on, that nothing serious was done with Oriel Park because that was kind of the one thing everybody wanted to see done as soon as possible, and they kind of kicked the can down the road on that. They didn't really kind of engage with with the questions around that, but. Was that kind of one of the things that maybe aroused your suspicion the longer the Peak Six ownership went on? Not like not necessarily. I think, look, every Dundalk fan wants the ground redone and it's, it's badly needed, I think. But to be fair to them, one of the things they did say at the time, you know, on that initial press conference, that, that you know, there would be investment in the team first and facility second. And obviously mm-hmm. if they, you know, I think on the outset, their, their aim was to get into Europe every year and, and you know, use that money to sort of do up facilities. Obviously, that didn't happen. I know they got there last year, but it was probably under a unique set of circumstances where, again, um, like even it was a year on Friday since the Dock were playing in the Emirates and Northern Dock fans were able to go. So, um, yeah, the facilities thing, is, it's its its probably not the biggest red flag, but, you know, there's, when you look back to that original press conference, and it's not that long ago, you're, you're talking early uh, 2018, um there was nine people over from Peak Six that are part of the original investment. It wasn't all Peak Six, but mm-hmm. nine individuals. I think one is all that still remains involved right. in terms of the board. That's a massive ch- turnover. The intentions obviously changed. And I think obviously then when the owner of Peak Six, Matt Hulsizer, when he appointed his father as chairman, that was a massive turning point in their direction. And um, you have a situation where someone who with no real background in football was in charge of matters. And, and that's where the decision-making, I suppose, started leading to the, the, the demise of the fortunes of the club on and off the field, really. Just very finally then, um, you mentioned the two the two interested parties there. If you, I presume, had a choice, you would, you would obviously want the local guys to come back in. But whoever takes over the club, uh, James, and let's assume that, and let's hope that whoever it is and whatever Peak Six decide to do, that it's done quickly, um, there's a massive job there. And... It's only, as you said, a couple of years ago since Peak Six came in, the club were in a hugely strong position. They had, a, they had a brilliant squad. They were winning everything. To where they are now, with the amount of players that have been left left go and the contracts have expired, and even before this season, you had like Sean Gannon and Sean Hoare leaving. Now you have the few lads that you mentioned going to Derry. The signings that they made haven't really worked out, most of them anyway, with the odd exception. Whoever comes in and takes over this club has a massive amount of work to do, and they're not going to have a whole lot of time to get things right for next season if, if they come in in the next couple of months. Yeah, no, it's 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 a huge challenge. Um, to be fair to the Northern Irish Consortium, and I know there's a few uh, people, you know, concerned about links they may have to to different things, but we don't know who entirely is involved in that. We, as I say, we don't know really the intention of either in terms of what their plans for budgets are and and that sort of thing. But there, you know, regardless, there's a massive, uh, you know, I, I mean, the stadium is a sort of elephant in the room. You know, at some point in the next few years, that needs to be looked at. Um, you know, I think, you know, even the pitch, uh, you know, it's an artificial surface, you know, one of the most unpopular, let's be fair, in the league. And 
they have a lifespan as well and they need to be replaced and, and you're talking you know roughly a six, a six figure sum for that so you know it just looks like Dundalk are behind across the board because if you look at you know not these won't happen next season or maybe even the year after but if you look at other clubs such as Bohemians Finn Harps etc they all have stadium plans they're all that bit ahead even you know within this county Drogheda have pro- are probably more advanced in terms of their off the field plans mm. so they're, they're, they're kind of coming at it in a, in a you know uh, it's, a, it's a real challenge no matter who inherits it you know obviously um, you love to see success on the field but there's a you know regardless of whether Dundalk win the next 10 titles or don't win one for the next decade you know, you still have these issues that need to be resolved, um, and that's a massive, massive challenge. I'd like to see the fans get involved personally in some way. Um, I would have, you know, I, I wrote about it at the time when Peak Six came in. I said I think we should be looking at a trust here of some description where fundraising takes place, and maybe the fans can come in at some point in terms of, you know, be it put it up for capital investment, be it, you know, take over the club themselves eventually. Who knows? But yeah. that didn't happen. Uh, and maybe this is a lesson one way or the other for that to now happen and start, you know, fundraising to start building a fund, be it for the, you know, to secure the long term future of the club long term, um, be it from these new owners or go in with them or whatever, mm. or be it to, you know, make these things happen, like maybe a new stand, a new stadium, whatever, or at least contribute to it. Yeah. Um, you see great fundraising throughout the league. And I think that that's one area Dundalk have fallen down in terms of not doing yeah, well, look, James, whatever else we can say about it, it's never dull up at Oriel Park lately, is it? That's for sure. We'll just have to keep an eye on, on how things go and hopefully the sale will be done and maybe let's hope that it goes back into local hands and things can, can turn around. James Rogers of the Argus, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.